Our Old Testament reading for this 18th Sunday after Pentecost is first from Proverbs chapter 3, beginning verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring your health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over the new wine. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle is recorded in Romans chapter 12, beginning verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not have all the same function. In Christ, we are many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it, is, uh, if it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him do it generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 10, beginning verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. 
And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Welcome to a little bit of Iowa this morning. I grew up in Iowa. In Iowa, there are seven piggies for every man, woman, and child in the state. That's about 21, 22 million piggies. So we're going to talk about piggies this morning. How many of you have ever actually touched a pig? Okay. Kissed a pig? (laughs) And my son-in-law raises his hand. Piggies, piggies, piggies. Everywhere piggies. My granddaughter says, don't talk about piggies. She comes from Illinois. First of all, we are all piggies. Because we get dirty. Now, I'm going to show you a picture here of the way everybody was before sin came. If you look over... Over here, look at that piggy. Is he is he dirty? No. Is he dirty? No. He's a spotted piggy. And he's a baby. And he's perfectly clean. And he's wearing a blue tutu. But now, piggy toys. This is Orson. It's black. No, it's not a piggy bank. It's just Orson. You see how dirty he's dirty there, and he's dirty there, and you got piggy bank. Okay, this is Orson. He's a little dirty. And this is Pinky the pig. He's also somewhat dirty. Why do I bring up piggies this morning? This is the danger of having your own grandkids here. (laughs) We're going to be learning about stewardship starting this Sunday. Now, the word stewardship really comes from an older term, stywardschaft. What's a sty? It's where pigs live. On a farm. (laughs) Yes, you can... Yeah, bacon and all that stuff. But... Piggies are dirty. When I was a kid, I used to play. Not at first. Is this all falling apart? Yes. (laughs) Jesus becomes the warden of the pigsty. 
we're all the piggies and we continue to live in our old dirtiness. Pipe, Piper, Piper. There. And Jesus comes to live among us in a pigsty, which is the way the world is. And our job is not to try to get out of the pigsty, <clears throat> but to help each other as fellow piggies. We all have sin. We're all a little dirty from it. We're, we're in this pigsty together. And if you listen along the rest this morning, you'll learn how that can happen. So, fellow piggies, you can go back to your pigsty. <clears throat> Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Our text is the beginning of the book of Romans, chapter 13. Therefore, I continue to be urging you, brothers, in view of the deepest mercies of God, to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your spiritual, or well-thought-out, act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you be able to test out and to prove what God's will is, that it is good, pleasing, and perfect. Here ends our text. Your saints of God in Christ Jesus, fellow pigs in the pigsty. Stewardship to many people is a dirty word. They don't even want to hear about it. But stewardship is another way of describing actually our entire life. We are all wardens watching out for each other in the middle of a pigsty. Now, of course, that doesn't look like anything interesting. Who would really want to have fun doing that? But that's the reality of our life. If you think of worship in terms <clears throat> of only clean, happy, interesting, fun activities, it's not true. Now, Michigan doesn't raise that many pigs, although I'm going to pick on uh, Ron Wigger out there. He doesn't raise pigs, I don't think, do you, Ron? You raise other critters, like llamas and alpacas and sheep? No sheep. Good for you. We are in this whole business of our life together in Christ. And stewardship has to do with serving one another in the pigsty. That means we all are going to be dirty, stinky, troublesome, rooting around in other people's business. And the farmer just lets us live in our pigsty. Notice Paul talks about this in a different term, in view of God's deepest mercies. What do pigs do in a pigsty? They make a mess. Do they ever obey the farmer? No. Now, Ron could tell us stories, as he's told me about the <clears throat> llamas and the other critters on his farm. It's 
my llama hears my voice and I know them and he follows me. Right? Pigs are not so. Pigs are disobedient. They do their own thing. They're selfish. Pigs do not get along with each other very well. Do you know what a farrowing hut is? When the mama piggy has a whole bunch of piggies, you'd think the mama piggy would love her little piggies, wouldn't you? <clears throat> they do not. They'll roll over and crush them. They will eat them. You have to sec <clears throat> separate the mama piggy from all the little baby piggies in a farrowing hut. A little bit like in this culture that we're in, some people don't care about kids. They're just a big pain. Some would just as soon get rid of them because they're inconvenient. That's the pigsty of America. But I digress. We're talking about us as being in a pigsty. We constantly need God's deepest mercy. The term here in the ancient Greek means literally the bowels of mercy, the deepest, strong, powerful feelings of love and caring that God has for us. Now I know if you're at a big farm show back home in Iowa, some people raise piggies, or in Illinois, and they're cute little pink pinkies with little bows, and they got them all scrubbed up clean. Who wouldn't want to pick one up and kiss a piggy? But you wouldn't do that on a farm. Heaven, no. But this is how God looks at us. His son is the one who's come to clean us up, even though we really do like the mire and the mud. He picks us up with great tenderness and love to hold us and care for us. In Papua New Guinea, the story about Jesus, the good shepherd, cannot work. They don't have sheep. But one early Methodist missionary that got there tried to tell the people about the story of Jesus, the good shepherd of sheep. But instead of doing that, of which they have no sheep, he started talking about the good Lord of the pigsty. How's that for a picture? But it describes what God continues to do for us. In view of this deepest mercies, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. All of life is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. In fact, he also says it is our spiritual or well-thought-out act of worship. It's not like us as pickies looking out and seeing the nice, clean farmer. The worship has to do piggy to piggy. Are there people you don't get along with or you think are dirty, rotten so-and-sos or maybe smell funny or you think are too nosy or think of a hundred different things. Notice I didn't say, can you think of somebody in the congregation like that? <laughs> maybe you can, maybe you thought it. But the true worship has to do with this unselfish service like one pig to another. Both of us, all of us, all rather messed up 
caked in mud and stench. That's the picture, really, of stewardship. To serve Christ is to serve one another. It comes from the mercy of Christ himself. The Old Testament further says that we shouldn't be worried about worshiping God through helping one another. He gives the example, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. As selfish piggies, we sometimes think, if I use all my ability and strength and time to serve fellow stinky piggies, I won't have anything for myself. That's piggy thinking. When you throw stuff, I suppose I could call it slop, but sometimes it's worse. When the farmer throws in his big bucket of gunk that he's gotten from other places on the farm, maybe scraps from the table, and it's been sitting there a few days, and he throws all that slop into the pig pen. Do piggies get in line? Are they considerate toward one another? Do they stop and wait for the older ones to go first? No. It's a swarm of piggies with grunting and growling and nipping. That's the selfishness of when you throw the gunk or slop into the pig pen. Paul is saying, no. If you're going to be worshiping me, indeed I should come first, but how do you express that? It's in terms of love and consideration and forgiveness toward one another. Did you notice that even the apostles don't get that? They're the big fat piggies the Big 12, the Big 10, the Big 8. Oh, that sounds like football. James and John, when considered about, considered about anybody else, just them. And when they wanted to be number one and number two at Jesus' right and left side, did you notice that the others are very angry and indignant? That's our human nature. We are like piggies, like it or not. And the only thing that can change us is that we recognize God's great, deep, overflowing mercy. And it's in view of that that we're very happy to stay in our pig pen. We're very happy to be the wardens, that is, the ones who look out for one another as fellow pigs. And that's your spiritual worship. That's stewardship. That's thanksgiving to God. Right there down in the mud and the dirt of this world, that's stewardship. And in loving one another in Christ, that's our worship. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.